Okay, everybody. Hopefully we will uh, learn together today something very deep. Very uh, important parsha. All of the parshios, of course, in the Torah are important, but in particular, the parshios that deal with Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, Sarah, Rivka, Leah, the Avos, and the Imahos, those parshios give us a real deep insight into our roots and, and therefore into ourselves. Into our roots and therefore into ourselves. So I hope uh, that we can penetrate a little bit into the personality known as Yitzchak. That's the goal. The goal for tonight is to figure out a little bit about who Yitzchak was. And um, we're going to do that by looking at, uh, at our parsha. This is the parsha of Yitzchak. And there really are um, three major chapters that deal with Yitzchak in the, in the, in the parsha. But we're going to focus primarily, primarily, we're going to focus on chapter 26. So let's start. Let's start on page 124, Parakafe, uh, the end of the uh, Parakafe, end of chapter 25. Uh, the Torah describes for us, Torah describes for us on page 124 <coughs> the, the marriage of Yitzchak and Rivka that we already had at the end of the previous parsha. And the Torah tells us that they are barren. Yitzhak and Rivka are barren. And barrenness is not something that is unknown to the Avos and the Imahos. Barrenness is something that is par for the course of the patriarchs and the matriarchs, which is interesting. Which is interesting. And why that's the case, the rabbis talk about that. But it's interesting to note the contrast, maybe just please sit here. It's interesting to note the contrast, we can get chairs there, the contrast between how it works for Yitzchak versus the way it works for Avraham and Sarah. The Torah tells us in verse 21, the Torah tells us in verse 21, Vayeta Yitzchak Hashem lenochach ishto, that Yitzchak prayed to God in the presence of his wife. And the rabbis tell us that it wasn't just Yitzchak who prayed, it wasn't just Yitzchak who prayed for a child. It was Rivka that prayed. And they're, and they're praying the image that is portrayed. Rashi says, <coughs> um, He is in one corner. And she is in another corner. So you have this incredible image of <coughs> the titans of Jewish spirit praying for a child. And the Torah tells us, Hashem, and Hashem listens to the prayer of Yitzchak. Rivka ishto, and Rivka conceives. And then, of course, we have the description of the birth of Yaakov and Esau, which will not be a general focus tonight. Yaakov and Esau. Make one comment in a few moments, but that's not the general focus. So here, I want to raise an obvious question. Already, the commentaries asked this question: What did what did Sarah and Rachel do when they experienced their barrenness? They gave their husband, they gave their oh, yeah. husband a surrogate, right? Wife. A proxy wife. 
Um, and, and in both cases, we find that that led ultimately to themselves, Sarah and Rachel, having children. So if indeed, if indeed, we have this model, we ostensibly can ask the question of why didn't Rivka do the same? Why didn't Rivka do the same? So indeed, take a quick look on page 126. The Torah <coughs> says, the Torah says, verse 26, This is the birth of Yaakov and Esav. The birth of Yaakov right now, he's holding on to the heel of Esav. And they named his, he named him Yaakov. Yitzchak was 60 years old when he gave birth. And why is this, why does the Torah go out of its way to tell us Yitzchak's age? We don't really know the play-by-play all the time of how old they are at any given moment. But why does the Torah tell us this specific age? Ah, so it, it's to tell us that it took them 20 years because we know Yitzchak is 40 years old right when he gives birth. And if you take a look at Rashi, Rashi commenting on that, Rashi says, Ben Shishim Shana, what's with the 20 years? So first he says, Yud Shanim Mishenasa Achanases Bas Yud Gimel Shana Uruuya Leheiroyon. The first 10 years, this is not today's Shir, but Rivka was three years old according to, the, according to tradition when she got married. Talk about robbing the cradle, right? Yitzhak Rivka was three years old. Obviously, he was a different type of three-year-old. Um, and and waited. So, so until 13, there's nothing to talk about. She wasn't able to give birth. The Yud Shanim Halalu, but then another 10 years, Sipa, he waited. Behim Tin La, and he looked, anticipated, and he waited. Kimosha Asa Aviv Lasara, just like his father waited with Sarah. Kavan Shalon Nit Abra, once she did not um, give birth, did not conceive, Yada, he then confirmed Shahi Akara, that she was barren. And then and only then did he pray. In other words, apparently, this is also not for today's year, apparently, you don't just pray gratuitously. You don't just pray, you know, you don't pray for things that are going to happen anyway. You pray for things that are beyond your reach, beyond the obvious. So it's not at all clear at this point in time. It's not at all clear that, that they're going to have difficulty having children. So therefore, there's no, shall we say, there's no um, special tfilos. Maybe it's regular prayer, but it's not like that the language of prayer that is used with regard to Yitzchak over here, is a, a special prayer. It's Vayeater Yitzchak. The language of the Medrash is that it's like, it's like a, a digging implement that overturns and has some incredible power. So Yitzchak does not, is not empowered to pray until he realizes that she is barren. And then Rashi asks her a question. V'shivcha lo ratza lisa. But she did, he did not want to marry another woman. Why? Because Yitzchak, what is Rashi saying here? Because Yitzchak was sanctified on Haramoria 
on Mount Moriah, at which famous event, the event known as Akedat Yisrach, he was sanctified to be like a, like an Ola Tamima. An Ola Tamima literally means what? A, a, a perfect, a perfect sacrifice, a perfect, pure, consecrated for God sacrifice, and therefore, for reasons that we will not explore, it doesn't make sense for Yitzchak to marry anybody but one. Anybody but one. And therefore Yitzchak is only to marry Rivka because he has a unique status known as an Ola Tamima. So let's try to understand that idea a little bit deeper a little later on. But here we note something interesting which, um, <clears throat> which we will see is a pattern which we will see is a pattern with regard to Yitzchak. And that is Yitzchak does many things similar to his father. But similar but different. Similar, but different. We'll see a lot of Yitzchak is very similar to his father Avraham. Very similar to his father Avraham. But there are nuanced differences. Let's try, to, let's try to go through some of those to make the points. So that's the first similar, but different idea. Um, where else? So... Let's take a look on page, uh, chapter 26, chapter 26, page 128, verse 1. Vayihi ra'av ba'aretz, and there was a famine in the land, milvad ha'ra'av harishon asher hayah b'yemei Avraham. There was a famine in the land. This famine is distinct, separate from the one that was in the time of Avraham. In other words... The Torah specifically is doing what? Distinguishing. Is distinguishing, but also by distinguishing, but before it distinguishes, what is it doing, Rabbi Osai? The Torah is reminding us of a connection between, between Abraham, Abraham and Yitzchak. The Torah is saying the same occurrence, the same phenomena that happened in the time of Abraham happened in Yitzchak. Please note that it did not happen in the time of Yaakov. Please note that in the time of Yaakov, we don't find a famine. Avraham, we, we find a famine, a big time famine in the time of Yaakov. Yeah. But oh, we yeah. don't find a famine which Avra, which, where Yaakov goes down to the land. And in fact, the famine is not found in the land of Israel, Alpip, Shuto, the simple meaning of the text. The famine actually is found where? In, in the place where they went, where Avram and Yitzhak go for, um, for respite, for salvation from the famine. So it's a, and, and the Torah makes no connection. The Torah makes no connection between the famine of Yaakov or in the time of Yosef and the famine of Avram and Yitzhak. But here the Torah goes out of its way and says, there was a famine in the land, the same exact terminology, and please don't be confused and don't think that this is the same famine. I mean, obviously it's a different famine, it's, it's happening different in history, but the Torah is like going out of its way. Don't make, like, you know, don't make an identification, because it's, the Torah is actually trying to draw a compare-contrast. So that's another interesting contrast here. So then what happens... The Torah says, "Vayelech Yitzchak el Avi Melech Melech Plishtim Girara." Alan, Alan, you okay, Alan? Can you, can you keep it? Can you keep Yeah, I need a little bit of air. Vayelech Yitzchak, because you're cold. I'm 
we see the comparison. Look at verse 2. Vayera ilav Hashem. Hashem appears to him by Yomer and he says, I'll tear in Mitzrayim, but don't go down to Mitzrayim. What, what's the, uh, as we say in the yeshivas, what's the Havamina? Meaning, why would I think, why does God address, why does God say to Avram, don't go to Yitzchak, rather, don't go down to Mitzrayim? No. Because what? Because Avram went down to Mitzrayim. So, of course, if Avram's going to go down to Mitzrayim, then that's what his father, that's what the son's going to do. And please take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, Al tered Mitzrayimah. Do not go down to Mitzrayim. Shehoyada'atola redet le Mitzrayim. Because indeed he had intention to go down to Mitzrayim. Kemosheh yorad avivim meharav. Just like his father went down in the time of famine. So again, similar, but different. And isn't it interesting? Why should you not go down to Mitzrayim? What is Rashi going to say? Amalo, I'll tell you to Mitzrayim. You can't go down to Mitzrayim. Why? Sha'ata, Ola, Timima. Deja vu all over again. Because you're what? You are in Ola, Timima. Where did we find that terminology, Rabbi before? By what? By, where did we find the terminology? Right, but right here, when Yitzchak, right, Yitzchak, right, Yitzchak doesn't, Rashi says, Yitzchak doesn't go down to Mitzrayim, Hashem says, you can't go down, but also, we just saw it a moment ago, right, when Yitzchak is contemplating, or maybe he should marry somebody else besides Yitzchak, no, he doesn't do that, why? Because he has this status of Ola Temima, it comes again, we need to understand what it, and apparently, if you are an Ola Temima, if you are a complete and pure sacrifice, you cannot leave the land of Israel. Therefore, he cannot leave, he cannot go down, all the way down south. You should know the land of the Plishtim, Gaza, is down south, but it's not all the way down south. You have to dig tunnels to get to Egypt. So, so then what happens? So Hashem says to, Hashem says to Yitzchak, I'll tell you, don't go down. Go down, go live in the land which I will tell you. You could... You should live in this land. And I will be with you. And I will bless you. Because to you and your children I will give all of these lands. And I will make, I'll give you, I'll uphold the covenant. And I will make your what? And I will make your children Plentiful like the stars. And I will give to them all of these lands. And right, and all the nations of the world will be blessed through your descendants. Does this sound familiar, Rabosai? Where else do we find this? Hashem gives these similar brachas to Avram. But it's interesting. How does Avraham respond when he hears all of these brachos? What does Avraham do? He builds an altar. But over here, it's interesting. Yitzchak hears. What does Yitzchak do? That's correct. Nothing. Wow. Yitzchak does not build the altar. Not yet. 
We don't find that. If you go back a little, you go ahead a little bit more, please skip for a moment. We're going to come back. Please skip for a moment uh, to page 132. Page 132. The end of his stay in the land of the Plishtim. Verse 23. Hashem appeared to him that night. the God of your, your father. Which is a similar terminology that we find earlier, Asher Nishbati La Avram Avicha, which I which I swore to Avram your father. But it's interesting over here, this second time that Hashem appears to Yitzchak, this second time Hashem introduces Himself. The first time we don't find it. All we find is Hashem says to Yitzchak, "Don't go down to Mitzrayim." We don't find that Hashem says who He is. Yeah, we don't find He says that. Interesting, right? He says to him, I am, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Do not be afraid. Because I will be with you. And I am going to give, I'm going to give you bracha and I'm going to increase your descendants because of Abraham, my servant. And then what does Yitzhak do? And then finally, what does Yitzhak do? He builds the altar. And the obvious question is, why does Yitzchak not mimic, once again, not mimic his father when it comes to his response to the, his response to the Dibor, to Hashem's appearing to him? Why does he not make him his Beach right away? What changes here? Similar, but different. Now please go back. We're not finished here. Look at page 128. 128, chapter 26. Torah says that Yitzchak goes down to Avimelech. And in verse 7, the Torah says, Vayishalu The men asked about his wife. Right? We've been there, done that. So, Vayomer Achosihi. And he said, She's my sister. Ishti. He was afraid to say that she's. His wife, Pen Yaharguni, Ansheyamokama Rivka, Kitovas Marehi. So we've seen that, right? But listen to the difference. So what happened is, do they take Rivka? They don't take Rivka. Rivka is not taken. He's there for a while. Avimelech looks through the window. And he sees Yitzchak was jesting with his wife Rivka. We're not going to explain that term now. calls for Yitzchak. What do you mean? She's not your sister. She is your wife. And how come you said she is your sister? Avimelech, it's a very strange thing. What do you mean? Why is he asking, why did you say? I mean, we know, we know that Avimelech, Avimelech asked that same question to Avraham. So, why does he, did he forget? Was this a different Avimelech? Was this an Avimelech who had amnesia? Was this an Avimelech who had some type of male disorder known as um, not being able to remember things that happened 25 years earlier? Like his wife. So what's going on here? Why does Avimelech ask the question? That's a very fair question. But look what, look what Yitzchak says. Yomer Yitzchak, Ki amarti pen amus aleha. Because I, I said I'm going to die. Yomer Avimelech, 
Avimelech said, Ma zot asita lanu, look what you did to us. Kimat shachav achar ames ishtecha. If somebody would have slept with her, would have brought tremendous guilt upon us. How did Avraham respond to that? You know what Avraham said? Avraham said, she is my sister, and I want to show you how. And you know what? Yitzchak could have done the same thing. Yitzchak, because you know, Yitzchak was related to Rivka. Now, now's not the time, but they're cousins. And you could really work out the same type of answer. But please note, does Yitzhak respond and says, does he say, she's my sister? What does Yitzhak say? He said, no, I was going to die. You know what? Tough luck. Tough luck, Avimelech. I was going to die. There's no, and you should know. And she's also my sister. Like three, three thumbs, you know, none of that. She's not my sister. Tough luck. You're going to kill me. You know what? You're upset that it almost came to the precipice. Well, why don't you just like fix your country? He didn't say that. But there's a lot left between the lines. Interesting, right? Uh, Yitzchak, similar events, but so, but some major differences here. And then what happens? Okay, let me go. We're not finished. We're not finished. But please feel free. You just get a chair. Have a seat. So, so then what happens here? Yitzchak stays. He stays in this whole vicinity, and he's very wealthy. Meya she'arim, right? The first Hashem, And Hashem blesses him. He becomes extremely wealthy. And he draws the jealousy of the plishtim. And now verse 15. And all of the wells that were dug by his father Avraham's servants in the time of Avraham his father, in case you didn't know who his father was, Torah repeats it, Sitmum plishtim, the Philistines filled up the wells, Vayimalum afar, they filled it up with dirt. Seems like a rather random story. Then the Torah says, Vayomer avimelech el yitzak lech be'imanu, livas ki atzamta mimenemod, you're too powerful, you draw jealousy amongst my people, Vayelech misham, Yitzchak went away, he went, but before Yitzchak did that, or verse 18, Yitzchak, what did he first do? He re-dug the wells. He re-dug those wells. And what happened? And the, these, play, these wells that were, that were filled in by the Philistines, he redug them. And he gave them the names. He gave them the names, the same names that his father gave them. Seems rather mundane. Seems a little bit strange for the Torah to go into such great detail about naming your wells. Then the Torah says, And the servants of Yitzchak, they dug they found a living well and then they had a fight over these wells the water belongs to us one well and then and they fought over that they call that Sidna and they, they, they dug a third well and that third well is called Richovot 
And Rechovot Im- implies expansion. And then the Torah tells us, after he digs his wells, he, you know, we, in previous years, is, uh, are these th- three wells, were they the re-dug wells, or are these in addition to the wells that, that Avram Avinu dug? It's a little bit unclear from the context. So then the Torah says, Hashem appears to Yitzchak, he builds a Mizbeach, and then Avimelech and Pichol sees, God is with you. And Yitzhak says, what are you doing here? You don't like me. You sent me away. And they said, no, we see that God is with you. Hashem imach. Let's make a covenant. And what do they, what do they call that covenant? Be'er Sheva. And the original covenant, of course, was made between Abraham and what? Abraham and Avimelech. And that also was called Be'er Sheva. So isn't it interesting that if we look at the life events of Yitzchak, if we look at the life events of Yitzchak, it's deja vu, but not yet all over again. There are similarities and there are differences. And within each episode, we could point out nuanced or striking differences. And we need to understand what's this idea of the compare-contrast of Yitzchak to Avram. Before we do that, I want to share with you something which is a standalone beautiful idea, but in and of itself, but in, but in terms of the broader structure that I want to express with you tonight, will also fit in as a nice sort of opening, opening salvo. You know, the Torah describes the birth of Yaakov and Esav. And if you take a look, the Torah says, who was Yaakov? Page 126, Yaakov is called the Yaakov Ishtam Yoshev Ohalim. And everybody translates, not everybody, but a classic translation of that phrase of Yaakov Ishtam Yoshev Ohalim. What is, what would, is probably the classic translation of that phrase, Rabosai? What's that? Wholesome. Wholesome, whole, complete. Right? Yeah, that's Yaakov. He's the Ishtam Yoshev Ohalim. But let me share with you a beautiful comment of the Rabbeinu Bechayai, who was a student of the Rashba, who was a student of the Ramban. And he often enhances, enhances the ideas of the Ramban. And Torah says as follows. What's this idea of Tamim? Okay, Tamim, they're twins, but Yaakov is called Ishtam. What's that about? So comes Rabbeinu Bechaye and he says, We know that Yaakov is the man of truth. So really it should say, Yaakov ish emes, as we say, titain emes liyakov. Titain emes liyakov. This is the famous pasuk in Micha that we say in davening on Shabbos. But the Torah is trying to add a following, the following idea. Hosef biyor bemilat tam. The word tam is meaning, means to sort of expand upon the concept of emes. Shehu romezet al midat emet. The word tam, which we say means whole, actually shares two of the three letters with emet. 
right? Tam and Emet, Mem and Tav. V'romezet od, shehu ha-machriya miloshon tiyomet. But it really means to imply the following nuance. You know that the word, the word tiyomet, if you can sort of like hear the words, tiyomet and tam, they sound very similar, right? Well, anybody know what that word tiyomet means? Where do we find that word? In the laws of lulav. The, the, the top part of the middle branch of the lulav is known as the tiyomet. You don't want to have a split tiyomet. The middle, the tiyomet. Miloshon tiyomet. Shehi emtsait bein ha'alin liyomin ulismol. It is the middle branch or branch of the middle leaves between the right and the left. And therefore, Yaakov represents, shall we say, the synthesis of the right and the left. In this case, we're not talking about different wings of orthodoxy. We're talking about who and who. Yaakov is the middle between whom and who? Between Avraham and Yitzchak. Because Avraham represents the Midah of what? The Midah of Chesed. And that's called the right. That's why, by the way, we always shake with our right hands. If you happen to never be a lefty, my kids are lefties, if you happen to be a lefty, you have the great privilege of having your right hand on your left side. And you think I'm joking when I say that, and I am a little bit. But in halacha, we call a lefty someone whose right hand is on his left side. He's iter yad yamino. That's the term that we use. Because right and left are not sides, they're concepts. And the concept of the right is the powerful. And therefore the yamin is doch, the yamin is mekarev. The right hand is supposed to be the hand of chesed, which is the hand that brings close. And if you have to shove away a little bit, you don't shove with the right hand, you shove with the left hand because it has to be that the gevura, which represents Yitzchak, right? The gevura is the small. And therefore we find Avraham is chesed and Yitzchak is pachar or gevura, and that's the left. And therefore Yaakov is the synthesis of the gevura and the chesed. He's in the middle. Yaakov is the ish tam. He's the tiyomet. He's the one who brings together. He's the one that figures out. He's the yoshev ohalim. He dwells in the different tents. Shall we say the tent of Avraham and the tent of Yitzchak? He takes those two tents and he somehow has to bring them together. And then he says an amazing thing. For those people who love Gematria, you will love me. Those people who don't like Gematria will still have a relationship, God willing. He says an amazing thing. He says, if you take the letters of Yaakov, Yaakov in Gematria is 100, in Jewish numerology is 182. 182, trust me. And then there are four letters. In the name Yaakov, we get to 186. And 186, the otiot of Yaakov, 186, Rabbi Akiva teaches us that 186, in the medrash of the osios of Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva who, who darshaned every letter and every, I'll call coats with coats, tile tile shalalachos, heaps and heaps of halachos. Rabbi Akiva taught us that 186 is God. 
How is 186 God? Because if you take, you ready for this? It's cool. If you take the tetragram, the four-letter name of God, Yud, then a hey, then above, and then a hey, and you know that the perfection of a letter is to square it. So if you square Yud, 10 times 10, it's 100. And then you square the hey, 5 times 5, it's 25. And then you square the Vav, 6 times 6 is 36. And then you square the hey, 5 times 5 is 25. So let's just make our life easier. 100, 25, then go to the last, 25. That's 150, and then in the middle, 36. You have 186. The name of God, the perfection of the name of God, whatever that means, is also the name of Yaakov, because we have a tradition that Yaakov, and only Yaakov's, his image is on the Kisei HaKavod, is on the throne of glory. And we've spoken about that before. That the image of Yaakov Avinu is on the Kisei HaKavod. Yaakov represents the combination, the sifting, the coming together, the Hachra'a, the Tiomes, the Tamim, the Emes, the bringing together of the Midos of Yitzchak and Abraham. This in and of itself is a very, very beautiful idea. But if we take this concept and we sort of develop it further, it means that what we learn from the Avos and the Imahos is really the refinement and the development of the primary Midos, which are critical in serving Hashem. And if you think about this just for a moment, and then we'll go into it much deeper, we know that Avraham represents Chesed. Avram represents chesed. That's the, that, Avram is the paradigm of chesed, right? Everything about Avram is chesed. And Achmas says, Orachim, right? He's chesed. And he's tzedakah mishpah. And he for Sodom. And he, everything about Avram is chesed, right? And you know that he's married to Mrs. Gevura. Avram is married to Mrs. Gevura. Her name is Sarah. Right? And therefore, Sarah challenges Avram at times. Take it. You know, take Hagar out of the house. Take Yishmol out of the house. And that's not easy for Avram, as we've spoken about in the past. And we also know something very interesting. That Eliezer is tasked to find a wife for Yitzchak. And the barometer, the test, which Eliezer uses for finding the right wife is a test of chesed. Because... Rivka is the chesed to Yitzchak's gevura. So that Yitzchak is gevura and he is tempered by chesed. So the relationship on a horizontal plane between the two couples is the tempering. But that which is true in the horizontal realm is also, and this is where we get to the key part of the shir, is also true in the vertical transmission of the Misora of Avraham to Yitzchak. Because Avraham is chesed to Yitzchak's kivura, and that is not a chiddush at all to anybody in this room. That is known to you. But how that plays itself out in reality, that's a little bit striking. And I want to share and sort of develop this concept with you, but let me just take one moment just to think about that idea. Avraham is chesed, to Yitzchak's Gevura. And together that will yield Yaakov. Right? And therefore we find that Avram Avinu is tested in this massive way. And if you take a look, and I'm sure that people have said this idea, I just haven't seen it completely, but if you take a look at Avram Avinu's tests, if you take a look at, at his ten tests, 
it's very interesting to note that many, or maybe you can even argue that all of his ten tests, maybe you can argue that even all of his ten tests, all are about the midah, refining the midah of chesed. I'll give you an example. I can't find that sheet here, but I thought I had it. Let's, what are the ten tests of Avram? We won't go through all of them, but let's go some of the... What are the, what are the we all know the famous one is Akedat Yitzchak, right? So big deal, that we know. Okay, what's the first one? According to many, and there are different opinions, but I'll just give you some of the classic tests. Right? We know that Avram was tested with leaving his home. Lech Lecha. He's tested Kivshan Ha'esh. He's tested, according to Chazal, when Sarah says, take Hagar. He's tested when Hagar says, kick out Hagar. And Yish-. He's tested when Sarah says, kick out Yishmael. He's tested when um, he has to go to war against the four kings. These are all considered to be nisyonos for Avram Avinu. What's the... What's the common thread of these tests? If you think about it, they tell Avram Avinu, take your chesed and shunt it aside for something bigger. Obviously, that's clear when it comes to Akedah Yitzchak. Avram Avinu, the man of kindness, is told to kill his son. That's famous. That's not a chiddush. But let's, let's go back to the earlier tests. When Hashem says to Avram Avinu, leave your father, leave your family, Leave your mission. That's not so easy. Not because he liked his own bed. Because, is it so easy if you're a person of chesed to leave your family? If your father's an older man? Is that so simple? And what about all the people I can impact and what's going to be with them? That goes against the natural chesed grain of Avram Avinu. And Hashem tells him to have a bris milah. That's also in Isayon. Why? Because it creates a separation between him and the rest of the world. And by me being separate from the rest of the world, I won't be able to turn them on to God. And when Hashem says to, when, when Sarah says, take Hagar. So even though Sarah said, take Hagar, what did Avram think? But that's really hard for you, Sarah. And if you look at the language of the text, and we're not going to do that today, you'll see that Avram is very passive. He doesn't want to do it. But you know why he does it? He goes, against, he goes against his natural chesed grain because he understands that Sarah is the vehicle of Nisayon. Sarah is the vehicle of test for God. And when Sarah says, get rid of Hagar, get rid of Yishmael, what does, he doesn't even want to do that. Hashem says, do it. And he does it. And he wakes up early in the morning to do it. It's interesting. The Torah, we said this before, Torah says three times that Abba gets up early in the morning. All three times are things that are hard for Avraham Avinu. Torah never says, he gets up early in the morning to do Achanas Azorachim. He gets up early in the morning to pray for, for Sodom. That is what Torah didn't say. That's obvious. But he gets up early in the morning the day after Sodom is destroyed. He gets up early in the morning to throw out Yishma. He gets up early in the morning to, 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 to bring Yitzchak onto the altar. Because Avraham Avinu's whole sort of test, his whole Nisayon, is to go against his Midah because are you bringing it all to God? Right? That's Avraham Avinu. And Yaakov, and Yaakov, and we can also develop this idea, but it's not today's shir, Be'etzim. Yaakov Avinu's midah is emes. Well, if his midah is emes, it doesn't look like that. His midah is truth. So there's an, a brilliant comment by the Vilna Gon. The Vilna Gon says, whenever the Torah, there are two words in Hebrew for maybe. Maybe. 
right? One word in Hebrew is pen. The other word is ulai. You can check this up. You can look at, look in, do a search of all of Chumash. Whenever the Torah says pen, it means you don't want the consequence. Whenever the Torah says ulai, it means you want the consequence. So for example, the Torah says, Hi lachem pen Be careful lest your heart be seduced to follow, to go in the wrong way. Or where Hashem says that the people are going to what? The people are going to go and they're going to follow foreign gods. I believe that, I think the Torah uses the word pen there also. Pen Pen is, in, in, in old English, there are two words for maybe. One word is lest. And the other one is peradventure. Now, I don't really speak that way. To thy and thine and thou. But there's a lot of wisdom in old English. And this dichotomy between pen and ulai, this dichotomy, is not found in the English language. Perhaps, maybe, is a paravaloshan. It doesn't express what my intent is. Right? The word ulai is, ulai, yesh chamishin tzadikim betochayir. Maybe there are 50 tzadikim in the city, you'll save the city. Then the Torah says, Ulai ibanami mena, maybe I'll be built up through her. Ulai, it's all good. The Vilmagon says, money in the bank. That's why, uh, he, that's why Avram sniffed a whiff of bias with Eliezer the Eved, because what did Eliezer say to Avraham when he was tasked with the mission of finding a wife for Yitzchak? What did he say? Maybe, but not pen, maybe the woman won't want to come back. She won't want to make Aliyah. What's going to be then? So while Avram Avinu gives him Musr, why does he give him Musr? Because we have a tradition that Eliezer was biased. Why was he biased? Because he had a daughter and he wanted that shidduch for Yitzchak. But where do we find the bias? Says the Vilna Gon, the bias is in the word Ulai. Because Ulai is, I want it to be a failed mission. So the question on the Vilna Gon, there are two questions on the Vilna Gon. That if you look at the commentary on the Vilna Gon and the Kol Eliyot, the Sefer where this idea appears, on the bottom of the footnote, they ask a question from Yaakov. Because Yaakov Avinu says to his mother Rivka, you want me to play the game? You want me to play Esav? You know what Yaakov says? Ulai yimusheni avi. Maybe dad is going to touch me. And I will be in his eyes like a fool. And I'll be. And the question they asked on the building of the garden, did Yaakov want to be found out? Wow. So you know what one of the profound answers to that question is? Yes. Oh, yeah. He'd rather be found out than lie. The hardest thing in the world for Yaakov to do was to lie. And that was an Isayon. Because Rivka commanded him. Alpi heard das that Rivka had to show Yitzchak that Yaakov was able to live in a world of cheaters and play their game. And I'm not. Gonna, this is not today. It's not the time to de- explore that idea. But Yaakov had to lie. He was tested with his anti nida. He was tested with to, because if you're going to be whole with God, tamim with God, you can't just bring in your leveraged. You can't just, if you want to be a good pitcher, you can't just take your fast, if, you're, if you're, you have good strength, play, you know, uh, pitch your fastball. You, you won't go, get that far. Unless you goose gossage and you have a 98 mile per hour fastball. He's not, in, he's not playing anymore, right? Mm-hmm. But, but, uh, but, right? So you need to have, you need to have a, you need to bring all elements. 
So Yitzchak as well, Yitzchak as well is tested. Where's the test of Yitzchak? And what's the task of Yitzchak? So stay with me here. Yitzchak is tested and Yitzchak has a task. What's his task? What's his test? His task and his test. So Yitzchak is Gevura. And Gevura implies, as opposed to Avraham, who is all about expansion, Gevura is all about what? Holding it on. Contraction, holding on. We can say in one line, Yitzchak's task in the world is to hold on to Avraham's misora and to hold on and pass the baton. A very interesting comment by the Rabbeinu B'chai, when the Torah, why does the Torah tell us about the wells? Before we get fancy Torah, just posh pshat, what's with the wells? So says the Rabbeinu B'chai, an amazing idea, simple but amazing. He says that the Torah is teaching us the following lesson, that Yitzchak that Yitzchak called the names, the same names as his father, Avram. Who cares? What's the Torah telling us? He redug the wells. <speaking in Hebrew> there must be this was something great. What is this teaching us? <speaking in Hebrew> the Torah is teaching us that Yitzchak was the paradigm of the one who carried on the Mesorah. One should not change the derech of their fathers. Yitzchak didn't even change the names. He didn't even change the name. It's a very interesting thing. Again, I know none of you really care about this, but I have to say this anyway. But I, I, um, I, in the back of my mind, I have certain you know, uh, certain slogans and certain jingles from the time that I wa- used to watch the television, right? Oh, my baby used to, whenever they make fun of TV, they used to use, say television. But they put the emphasis on the left. So, you know, it's interesting because, like, when I was growing up, it was Coke is, Coke is, Coke is life, right? Then at some point, Coke is the real thing. Now what is it? Now it's what? Coke is? I think Coke is. Now it's back to Coke is it. I think the slogan is now Coke is it. It, it changes slightly, right? It changes slightly over 30 years. Right? The slogan. And I saw, it was, I, I don't know what context. Oh, yeah, it was the Museum of Flying. I saw that they had um, um, in the American Airlines, the different, oh, yeah, the, I was going to the American Airlines terminal. In, J- in, in LAX, maybe JFK, one of the two, and they had like, they, sh- they had a little, they had a little, nobody, I don't know why I'm the loser who looks at these things, but, but on the wall they had like a whole survey of the, of the, sl- of the um, what do they call that, the logos of American Airlines from like, you know, 1925, you know, till now, whatever, it's, and, it's, and it's similar, but it's different, right? It's similar, but it's different. But Yitzchak Avinu, Fundamentally, says the Rabbi Bachai, he digs the wells and he calls it the same names. Why? Because Yitzchak's job is to preserve his father's Mesorah. But Yitzchak's going to have to do it a different way. You know why? Because Yitzchak isn't Chesed. Yitzchak is Gevura. And that Gevura is critical, as we'll see in a moment, 
to hold on to your Avram's chesed. That givura is critical. Not random, not happenstance. Yitzchak is critical to hold on to Avram Avinu's gains. Now, it's interesting to point out, interesting to point out that Yitzchak redigs the wells. Right? He redigs the wells. And he gives it the same names. And the Torah makes a big deal of it. So, for one moment, for one moment, take a look with me at chapter 28, verse 13. Chapter 28, verse 13. Skipping ahead a little bit to next week's parasha. Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov Avinu has that famous dream, Jacob's Ladder. And God is on top of the ladder. Chapter 28, verse 15. I don't know the page number. And he says, I am God. I am the God of Abraham, your father. Now, who is he speaking to? Who is he speaking to right now? It's not a trick question. Yaakov. So he said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. And then he says, Yitzchak. Now, let me ask you a question. If you were to say to me, I am the God of Abraham, your father, and Yitzhak, your father, I could tolerate it. But isn't it very strange? God is speaking to Yaakov, and he says, I am the God of Abraham, your father, and Yitzhak, and the God of Yitzhak. Isn't that strange? Like, shouldn't they have said at least, I am the God of Abraham, your father, and Yitzhak, your father, or I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Yitzhak, your father? What is Yitzhak? He's, isn't he the father? So Rav Hirsch says, no. You know who Yitzhak is? Yitzhak is an extension of Abraham. Yitzhak is, really, batel, on some level, nullified. His whole essence was givura. Givura is contraction. Contraction means, I'm not going to go my own way. You know, there are certain people, it's a very interesting thing. The Gemara tells us in Masech HaSukkah that there were certain rabbis who never said a vart. They never said a piece of Torah that they did not hear from the Rabbeim. They were the classic paradigmatic transmitters of the Misorah. Yitzchak was the transmission of Abraham. But he was still Yitzchak. Yitzchak Davin's what? Yitzchak Davin's Mincha. Avraham Davin's Shachris. Rav Tzadik HaKoyim points out a very interesting thing. The term in the Torah, the term in the Torah for Avraham's Shachris is, the term that's used is Amida Vaya Amod Asher Amad Sham Amida. Amida is an action. It's a Maise. But what's the term for Yitzchak's Mincha? Anybody know? Yitzchak. Yitzchak went? Lasuach. Beautiful. Lasuach basade. Lasuach basade. He went to speak. Yitzchak is not about a man of action. He's not a man of ma'aseh in the same way. Yitzchak is a person of contemplation, a person of holding on to Misora. So now, with that yisod, with that idea, let's try to understand his task and then his test. Because the task of Yitzchak, as we said, is to consolidate the gains of Avraham. Now here's an amazing thing. 
This, this idea that I'm going to tell you right now, even as a standalone, if you don't remember anything else in the Shir, this idea is so gewaldic. Says the Rabbeinu Bechayi, so the, the, even those who were sleeping until now, just hold on to this. Says the Rabbeinu Bechayi, that there are those that say these wells, these random wells, the Yeshe Perishu, Ki Halalu, this is an amazing comment of Rabbeinu that these wells were a remez legerim, were a remez, were a hint to the converts, you know, as the Rambam writes in Hilchos Avodah in the Laws of Idolatry, that Amravina was an intellectual titan, and he was able to impact Kibetz, Allah from the Revolvers, he was able to impact thousands and tens of thousands of people. And of course, the question, the age-old question, my good friend Yosef Obrez, we've shared conversations about this, the age-old question of what happened to his converts, what happened to Avram Avinu's converts, Right, so now listen to what the Rebbein Bechai says about that. And please don't tell me that you heard a different pshat. Right now, this is the only pshat that we care about. So it says the Rebbein Bechai as follows. You know what happened? These converts, nitgayirub yimei Avraham. They converted in the time of Avraham. Kiheim kalim kabalat amunah. And these converts, the word that the, that the text use, uses, for these converts, the elus, the illusion, the remes is the be'er, the well. And the idea is, just like a well is so easy to receive water, and when you open up a heart that was until, that heretofore, that until now was closed, was not open to faith, that process of opening, that process is called digging, exploration, chafira. The digging of the wells represents the uncovering of emuna, because emuna is not something that comes from the outside. Emuna is a process not of creation, but a process of revelation. It's there already. You don't make wells, you uncover wells. Well springs of faith. Well springs of faith. And therefore, what is the Torah telling us? That in the interim, after Avram Avinu died, what happened to the converts of Avram? Came the plishtim. The Torah tells us, sitmum plishtim. Came the plishtim, the Philistines. And they, once again, they stopped up the wells. How did they stop up the wells? The Torah doesn't tell us. The Torah says they put in dirt. Now, we could conjecture that the dirt might have been Rodeo Drive, the, the challenge of materialism. The dirt might have been Hollywood, the challenge of lust. The dirt might have been Athens, the challenge of philosophical deviance. The Torah doesn't tell us how. The Torah just says they, they filled up the well with dirt. And the language of the Rabbeinu Bechai, very beautiful, he says that instead of that instead of Avraham who filled them up with wisdom and cognition and, and divine intuition, the Philistines filled them up with errant and deviant faith or beliefs. The Torah is calling this type of Errant philosophy or whatever, Afar. Afar. And thus, 
in the Talmud, we find the Talmud in Baba Basra and other places will say that when a rabbi says an idea that another rabbi doesn't like, that rabbi will say, Afra lepume, dirt should be in your mouth. Oh, wow. Now, you might say, where's the Musa, where's the Midas, etc. Well, that's not for now. <laughs> but what did Yitzchak do? Listen to the language of Rabbeinu Bachai. Yitzchak was Nisgaber. Yitzchak used his Midah of Gevura, Ve'achziron Lamutov. And he brought them back. Hu shekatu, Vayoshav Yitzchak, Yitzchak returned. Vayachpor es be'eros ha'mayim, Asher chafru b'imei Avraham Aviv. And he redug those wells. And you know what he did? He called them the same names. And the Rabbeinu Machai says, and we have a tradition that when one converts, we give them a new name. Right? When one converts, we give them a new name. So he reconverted them. So he gave them new names, but the new names were the same as the old names. So what does Yitzhak represent? Yitzhak represents the redigging of Avraham's wellsprings. But you know, as we all know in life, there's inspiration, there's love, there's this incredible drawing that one has to Hashem or maybe to their wife or maybe to something. And then after a while you get tired. And you need a different way to hold on to it. So Yitzhak represents the different way. The Givura that is no longer going to be, you're no longer going to be able to just simply use Avram's Midah of Chesed. Chesed without Givura can lead to all the wrong places. It's interesting to point out, this is pointed out by, by some, that Avram Avinu has ten tests. What is Yitzchak's test? We'll get to that in a moment. But we don't find ten explicit tests. Because you know why? Because Chesed that goes awry, you can, you can, you can take it to all the wrong places. Yitzchak's wells are never stopped up. Isn't that interesting? Yitzchak's wells are never stopped up. Why? Because Avraham's represents chesed and ahava. And you can begin to love all the wrong things. And you can begin to take your chesed in all the wrong places. And that's why the Torah says that, the Torah uses the term in, in, in Parshas, in Parshas Achrimos, mm-hmm. chapter 18, the Torah says that, that when a man marries, when a man lives with his sister, a very strange formulation, which is not going to be for the essence of the shir, but the Torah says in chapter 18, in verse 3, the Torah says that chapter 18, verse... Sorry... Excuse me, chapter 20, verse 17. <laughs> Random how I get that. And if a man, right? If a man sleeps with his sister, right? Chesed who? Chesed who? And many people made the comment, Rashi has a very famous comment here, not for now, that sometimes when you take love, love of sibling, and you move it in the wrong way, so you become something very dirty, very debased. Chesed, when one tries to do chesed too much, you can give your children 
too much candy. You can give them an apple juice bottle when they go to sleep and it will decay their teeth. Right? That's chesed? It's not chesed. And therefore it's interesting to point out that the term used for one who gives chesed is gomel chesed. And gomel chesed actually means to wean somebody. Gomel is a double entendre. Gomel can mean to give, but it also means to separate, to wean. Because the ultimate chesed is to be able to give somebody abilities and thus separate yourself. That a person should what? Give his children the ability to be independent. That's real chesed. Right? So that Avram Avinu is tested and tested and tested. And Avram Avinu's midah of chesed needs correction and needs restraint. But midah, the Yitzchak's midah, we don't find explicit tests of Yitzchak. We'll get to a test in a moment. But Yitzchak, we don't find those same tests. Why? Because Yitzchak's whole essence, the essence of Yitzchak Gevura, Yira Shamayim, is what? Is to hold on to the chesed of Avram. And therefore, it's very interesting to point out. Now let's go to those similar but different ideas. Yitzchak is called what? An Ola Tamima. He's an Ola Tamima. When does he become an Ola Tamima? When does he become? At that Kedis Yitzchak. He is given that status of Ola Tamima. Avram Avinu in a Kedis Yitzchak. The, the, the ultimate test for Avram Avinu. The ultimate test was a, was a Kedis Yitzchak. Why wasn't it a test for Yitzchak? So everybody asks this question. And there are many answers to this question. But a classic answer to this question is, why wasn't it, and what do you say, what, based on what we're saying, why wasn't it a test for Yitzchak? No. Why was it a test for Avram more than for Yitzchak? I mean, you know the famous story, right? The chicken and the cow are walking down the street and they see a big, bull, a big, a big board and it's steak and eggs. And the chicken says to the cow, look, that's, that's us, steak and eggs. And the, cha- and the cow looks at the chicken and he says, not so quick. For you, it's a donation. For me, it's a commitment. Right? So very nice. You know, it's a big test for Amavinu. But for Yitzhak, it's not a test? No. What's the famous terrorist? No. Uh, Amavinu's meter was chesed. So to go against the chesed, it was a test. But Gevura by Yitzhak, that was a big Yitz- Perfect. Right? Yitzhak was a curveball hitter. This was the perfect... This was Mamish up his alley. It was like up... It was perfect. Per- going straight into his strike zone. He might... He, he slammed it out of the park. Excuse me for using male metaphors. But this was like going into Ross and finding a great... Por- sorry, forget it. Sorry. Okay. So, so, so here we find that Avram Avinu is given the ultimate title for the first time in his life of a Yirei Elokim. A Yirei Elokim, a God-fearing person. And that's in the process when Yitzchak is then tasked, right? Yitzchak is then tasked with his life's mission. They walk together. They walk together. Avram and Yitzchak. Avram passes his test. He hands the baton over to Yitzchak. And now Yitzchak's the Ola Tamimah. And the Ola Tamima's job is to do what his father did. He's not even a lokei Avram. He's not a lokei Yitzchak Avicha. Because Yitzchak is a part of Avram. But he's similar, but he's different. So therefore what happens? When Yitzchak, right, when he encounters the problem of barrenness. 
So what does Avram Avinu have to do? Avram Avinu, he deals with that problem by what? By giving to someone else. By bringing in Hagar. That's how he deals with the problem. I mean, it was Sarah's initiative. How does Yitzchak deal with the problem? Yitzchak doesn't deal with No, Yitzchak is an Ola Tamima. An Ola Tamima doesn't practice chesed. An Ola Tamima does what? He, he, he focuses on the same issue. And he says, I'm not giving up. Nachatvila, Nachatvila, another prayer, another prayer, another prayer. I'm going to stick with this issue, and it's Rivka in one corner, and I'm in another corner, and we're going to deal with it. As we're not going, we're not going to look for love in all the wrong places. We're going to what? We're going to, we're going to go with Gevura. And so, how does Yitzchak deal with? It? He's an Ola Tamima. He keeps on davening. And then what happens? And then there's a famine. So there's a famine. So what do you do? There's a famine. So the Ish Chesed wants to take care of his family. So he takes his family to Mitzrayim. And Yitzchak's about to go to Mitzrayim. And, and Hashem says, Whoa, can't go to Mitzrayim. Why not? Because you're going to deal with your problem differently. You're going to stay in Eretz Yisrael. And you're going to go to Avimelech. And Avimelech, you're going to say you're the, you're going to say you're the sister. Or you're the brother. Right? And he's, she's your sister. And Avimelech's going to say, well, What's going on here? What's going on here? How, you're not used, you, you, you gave us you know, a hard time. You know what Yitzchak's going to say? Tough luck. Because you're an immoral person. None of this chesed, don't worry, she's awesome. No. Yitzhak's strength. He's gvura. And therefore, his midas ha necessitates him to respond differently. Not, oh, by the way, she's all, because Amravina wants to be nice to everybody. Yitzhak is speaking with strength, with gvura. And then what happens? And then, at some point, at some point, they, they, Yitzchak, you know, they, they've had enough of Yitzchak, right? They have enough of Yitzchak. So they ask him to leave. Ki you're too strong for us. We can't deal with you. Did that ever happen to Avram? Did they ever say, you're too strong? No. Because Yitzchak's Gevura. It's very hard to be around a person in Gevura. And then, but at, some, but at some point they say, you know, Hashem Imach. Interesting. Hashem Imach. Well, by Avram they said Elokim Imach. By Yitzhak they said Hashem Imach. Should be the opposite. Should be the opposite. By Yitzhak it's Hashem Imach. Why? Maybe you, could, maybe you could say. Because by Yitzhak, even though Yitzhak was the Midas HaGvura, but he still was what? He still was carrying his father's Midas. And therefore they want to, they see this incredible connection of Yitzchak being the transmitter of his father's Mesorah. And therefore what? And therefore Yitzchak digs the wells that his father dug. He redigs them, but he does it his way. He does it his way. And he carries it. It's as the Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar says, keep the Mesorah, right? The same names, the same names. But it's done Bikvura. Done Bikvura. And he gets the converts back. He doesn't get the converts back by philosophizing. He says, what's the truth? Come on, let's, let's fight. Let's, what's the truth? Right? Yitzhak's Begvura. Right? And then what happens? When he finishes that mission, only then does he build the Mizbeach. And what, only then does Hashem, after this whole event, only then Hashem says to him, Anochi Elokei Avram Avicha. Right? Only then does he say, I am the God. Right? I am the God of Avram, your father. Because you have done the mission of your father. Yitzchak teaches us to daven what tefillah, Rabbi 
Mincha. What's Mincha? Mincha is the light of Shachris, but it's, but it's going down. It's, you, have to, you have to hold on to it, right? You hold on to it. It's not so simple to hold on to it. Very interesting thing. I saw the mission. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why we don't have the minute to do this, but I saw it brought down. Incredible thing that that when again, it's just my it's just my total ignorance. I didn't see it until now. But the Mishabura brings down that when a person davens mincha, they should say, "I thank Hashem that I was worthy to see the sun in the east, as I was worthy to see it in the west. That as I was worthy to see the sun in the east." I am worthy to see it in the West. The opposite. Just like, Because Yitzchak's great avoda is to see the sun as it's setting and hold on to Abraham's gains. Right? That's his avoda in life. That's his avod, and then he transmits it to Yaakov, who somehow synthesizes right all of that. That Rabosai, that is the job. That's the job of Yitzchak, right? That's 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 the midah of Yitzchak, and and that midah is the midah which Yitzchak is able to do with such incredible power, with such incredible strength. Um, but what is his test? So, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky gives one pshat. And I'm not going to tell it to you now. I don't have the time. But Rav Desso gives another pshat. And this is an amazing thing. You know, Yitzchak in this parsha is very afraid, right, during the brachas. Right? Yitzchak is afraid. He doesn't... He, he, he wants to give the... Who does he want to give the bracha to? Asaf. Why does he want to give the bracha to Yaakov? Is he so blind? He is blind. But is he so blind that he doesn't know the greatness of... He doesn't know the greatness of Yaakov? So Abdesu says, of course he knows the greatness of Yaakov. That's exactly why he doesn't want to give him a bracha. Because a bracha is a crutch. A bracha is really... You don't necessarily deserve it, but I want to give you a bracha, you should get it anyway. Who's Yitzchak? Yitzchak is the midah of what? He's the midah of Gvura, of Din. Yitzchak is, what do you deserve? Yitzchak wants to transmit that to Yaakov. Right? That's what Yitzchak wants to do. Yitzchak needs my help. Yitzchak needs an assist, special education. I'm going to give him a bracha. I'm going to give him some help. Asaph needs some assistance. Not mine, Yaakov. Not mine, Tyre Yaakov. He doesn't need that. Yaakov, he can do it alone. And he's, the midah of great people is they want to earn it. That's why Hashem is tough with the tzaddikim, like, you know, by the breath of the hair, as the Gemara Sukkah teaches us, because it's going to be better for, he's going to be better later on. Yitzchak doesn't want to give that midah to Yaakov, says Dessler. doesn't want to give him a bracha. But the greatness of Yitzhak and the test of Yitzhak is, can he forego his midah? You see, it's one thing for me to live my life b'gvura. But the greatness of Yitzhak is to realize that what's gvura for me, or what's good for me, 
might not be what's good for him. And at some point, the greatness of Yitzhak is that Yitzhak, the Gibor, was mevater, was willing to give up his conception of what it meant to transmit. He didn't know that Yaakov would be the synthesis. He thought Yaakov would be him. He's going to transmit it. He's going to transmit it to, to Yaakov. But what does Yitzhak realize? He realizes, he realizes, he realizes at some point, no, this is the Ratzon Hashem Gam Baruch Yeh. He should be blessed also. Yitzhak comes to this acknowledgement. The test of Yitzhak is when he realizes that he gave the bracha. Yitzhak can't say, change my mind. Yitzhak can't say, you tricked me. Yitzhak can't say, with the mekach toes. Yitzhak can't say the whole thing was a fake. Yitzhak's not aware of halacha. No, the greatness of Yitzhak was that he was willing and able and recognized that what works, the midah that works for him, is not going to be the midah that will be transmitted to Yaakov. You see, Rabbi Osai, and this is a greatness that we, can, that, we need to, that we need to think about for ourselves. Sometimes, there, I, 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 I think Rabbi Yisrael Salanti used to say that, you know, very often in life, you know, we give ourselves a break and we demand from the others. We say, you know, I've had a long day. I need a coffee bean. You know, and this other guy, how come he's treating me like a piece of garbage? How can he do that? Maybe he had a tough day. We should be more demanding on ourselves and more forgiving for the other. Usually, we're very quick to forgive ourselves and much tougher on the other. The greatness of Yitzchak, the greatness of any parent who has one mitah, and sees in his child the opposite mida, right? The classic parent who wants, who didn't play piano well and said, okay, I'm doing it better this time. I'm doing it the second time around. I'm going to make sure, I didn't play piano well, but he's going to, right? And he's going to, that's the worst. That's, that's a mida of not being able to live beyond yourself. Avram Avinu realizes that Yitzchak isn't his mida, and Yitzchak realizes that Yaakov isn't his mida, and the idea of Yitzchak being tested by not being makbid, not being insistent, recognizing that he, what worked for him, his, his lack of necessity to rec- receive bracha, his lack of necessity to receive bracha was not critical was for, for the transmission to, to Yaakov, that Yaakov Avinu did, was part of the divine plan that he should have the chesed of Avraham as well. That ability to be able to look at somebody else and say, it's not what I need, it's what this person needs. My givura shouldn't be a contradiction to my ability to give him chesed. I'm going to live my life with givura, but he's gonna, he needs chesed. Not, I'm going to live my life with chesed, but he needs givura. No, no, no. That's, that's achzorius. That's cruelty. Avram Avinu was able to what? Was able to live a life of chesed for others. And he was able to when necessary, transmitted the midah of Gevura to Yitzchak. Yitzchak had a midah of Gevura, and that midah of Gevura was critical in trying to hold and consolidate Avramavidu's gains, but Yitzchak still had within him the ability to find chesed for the other. And it is this ability to be supple and agile with the midos of Hashem that is the ultimate imitation of Hashem. Too much rigidity, very bad. Too much flexibility, very bad. The combination of these midos, 
in the ability to figure out what's the right one, this is the hallmark of B'nai Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Thank you for listening on both sides. I hope that uh, these, these were informative ideas. Be'ezed Hashem, we should be zochet to integrate them in our life as well.